Hey babe, are you overwhelmed and burnt out by never-ending to-do lists, constantly giving your time to others, and feeling out of balance in your personal life? And are you ready to get absolute clarity on your life's purpose and activate the best version of you? Then it's time to ignite that inner fire and rediscover the fierce, confident woman you are born to be. Welcome to The Beam Life, where myself and other guests empower you to take steps toward the life you want so you can truly be everything and more. I'm Caitlin, your empowerment coach, new bestie, and lover of all things leopard print. It's time to get this party started, y'all. Hey girl, welcome back to the Beam Life Podcast. I am so happy to share this interview with you with author and my friend, Kay Allison. You are going to fall in love with her as much as I did when I met her about a month and a half ago. She is just an incredible human being with so much to share. Today, we're going to be talking about living a juicy AF life, which also happens to be the title of her new book. Now, AF doesn't stand for what you might think. It stands for alcohol free. So I wanted to definitely bring this conversation um, up around this holiday season when (sighs) alcohol can really be used for the wrong reasons to numb ourselves and to really stuff down some things that we really need to deal with, but it feels so much better just to throw back a glass of champagne. And Kay is going to break down why that is not the best method to use and how she ditched alcohol and is truly living the best life ever. Before we get into the interview, I want to tell you a little bit about Kay. In 1999, Kay Allison was a senior vice president at a global ad agency and a single mom as her drinking escalated to the point that she went alcohol-free. Since then, Kay increased her income 6x, met and married a man she's still crazy about 21 years later, helped Fortune 200 companies generate $2 billion in new revenue, adopted a child, written two books, invented four successful businesses, traveled around the world, and moved to her dream town. Most important, she is happy with herself. She's an executive coach, a healer, and a clairvoyant. She lives in a pine forest and meditates by a waterfall every morning and truly lives a juicy AF life. Help me welcome Kay to the Beam Life. Kay! Hi, I'm so happy you're here. Caitlin, this is great. I'm so glad we get to connect this way. Me too. How are you? Oh gosh, I am having a fabulous day. I live in a home in the pine forest. I have a waterfall. I walked my dog. The sky was bright blue. I mean, I'm living the dream, girl. Yeah, we should have just done a live podcast. It sounds like I need to be wherever you are. (laughs) (laughs) Come on out. (laughs) So tell, tell listeners a little bit about who you are right now in present day, and then we'll dive into all the other good stuff. So present day, I have created a program called Juicy AF, right? So in addition to meaning what you think it means, also means alcohol-free. 
And it is a real alternative to AA for successful, sober, curious women. It is inviting, it's light, it's experiential, and it's full of curiosity and creativity. Um, the last thing I want to do is be pedantic and dogmatic and gloomy. I mean, I drank because I wanted this big, beautiful, <laughs> magical, colorful, you know, life. And if I don't live that in reality, I, I got to get it somewhere. Absolutely. And you're such a representation of that. I knew from like the second I met you, you have this quality that it's like, I want to know her. I want to be her friend. Like what is all this goodness she has coming out everywhere? So what, you know, you told us a little bit like juicy AF obviously means alcohol free, but to extend further than that, what does that mean to you to live a juicy AF life? And for women reading your book. To me, the definition of a juicy AF life is one that is free from all the stuff that used to hold me back, all the old habits that used to drain my energy, and all of the old stories that kept me playing small. And those mm. that freedom is so attractive and appealing to me. I want that for myself. And now that I have it, I want to share it with every other woman. Yeah. And how long have you been sober now living this juicy life? Since August 9th, 1999. So I've been sober yes. for a long time. <laughs> ah, congratulations. That is such an incredible accomplishment. And so I'd love to, before we kind of, you know, keep going down this trail, talk a little bit about, you know, I'm sure it wasn't always juicy, right? Give at the, especially at the beginning. And I know you've been sober for such a long time now, but if you can recall some of what it may be like before the juicy AF-ness. What was that like for you? I remember walking into a recovery meeting when I was newly sober and there was this gorgeous, well-dressed, articulate woman telling her story. And she said, and I remember this, like it's burned into my retinas, you know, <laughs> she, she said, Oh my, I hit bottom when it was 3 a.m. in my living room with my husband, my boyfriend, and the police. And I thought this was perfectly normal. <laughs> and she like threw back this glorious mane of auburn curls and she laughed. Mm. And at the time, Caitlin, I was buried under layers of shame and remorse and regret and embarrassment all wallpapered over with a nothing to see here, ma'am, pass on by. Oh, yes. And I viscerally was shocked. And then I thought, oh, not only I want that, that freedom from shame and embarrassment and remorse, but now today, that's what I want to be. That's what Juicy AF is intended to be for other women, that beacon of hope and attractiveness and freedom um, so that it's something that me people want to move towards rather than, yes. oh, it's something that I should do or have to do. Oh, I love that picture. And also, you know, even the metaphor you used of like wallpapered over and here's like 
you know, I've been, you know, teeter tottering, sober, curious, and like every year that passes, I drink less and less and less. Um, so I'm not completely sober, but I drink maybe twice a month. And every time I do, I'm like, why do I even do the twice a month? Right? <laughs> right. Like, what is this doing for me? Besides I just enjoy sometimes wine, but I will say, you know, I have gone through phases where the, the alcohol was definitely heavier, but I'm not a quote unquote alcoholic. Right. And it's like, we've, I, I, I imagine like that wallpaper where it's like to the outside world, I'm successful and amazing. And here I am like this superhero mom and entrepreneur. And then inside we're like, dying. Right. But if we tell somebody, if we're vulnerable and say, we need help mm -hmm. all of a sudden, that means we're weak and we don't have the stamina. We're not powerful because we're asking for help or for like admitting faults. Right. So I think it's so beautiful that you have such a different picture of what it means with having the relationship with alcohol versus like the alcoholic. Can you go into a little bit more about that? I think the word alcoholic is complete BS. It doesn't help Amen. anybody. And there are estimated to be 20 million people that are officially diagnosed with alcohol use disorder. Mm. But I wasn't one of them, Caitlin. And so that number understates the issue because how many of us came come home after a day at work where we come home from work to deal with kids. Yep. And that glass of wine that takes the edge off just seems so appealing. Yes. And what here's what happens though. Our biology changes with as few as seven regular size glasses of wine a week. <laughs> wow. Right? And it increases our anxiety. That's the headline. Drinking seven drinks a week increases your anxiety, number one. Number yes. two, it increases your impulsiveness. So mm -hmm. what that means, and not just when you're drinking, what that means is you say something rude to your boss or you tell a client what you think, and then you're in that, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. So you have an edge that needs to be taken off with, guess what? A glass of wine. Yep. And the third thing that happens is our neural pathways get rewired so that the habit of picking up wine is more entrenched. That neural circuitry that is habits forming gets strengthened. So A, we're baseline more anxious. B, we do stuff that we regret. And yes. C, picking up the wine becomes a habit and it becomes this insidious spiral that drains us of our energy. If I'm buzzed, I'm not showing up. And if I'm somewhat hungover, I'm also not showing up with my full mm. energy and my full sparkle. Ah, uh, so true. Because like I said, you know, when I do, you know, decide, oh, I'm going to have some wine. I, you know, where I notice the biggest is the sleep that night. I sleep like shit. I literally feel horrible. And that's literally after one, two glasses of wine. Cause I don't drink that often. And so I think about when I used to do this so much more, I was like, wow, this was like normal for me. This was like how I was waking up daily, not 
feeling and showing up as like my best self, not only the best for me, but the best for my daughter, my partner, my clients. So I am so grateful that I'm able to really see that juxtaposition now of like what it feels like to, you know, indulge every once in a while and then versus not. And I I can't believe how often, and I have friends and I know women in this community it's not a judgment thing. If you are drinking every night, you know, I don't want you to feel like this is passing judgment on you. This is simply to like, maybe open and think about why you're reaching for that. So that's kind of like, you know, you had, you currently you're, you are successful, but also come from a very successful corporate world too, right? Like you were living the whole corporate dream. So what is it like, about maybe I, I want to say like women in general that we tend to reach for alcohol more than some maybe other things. There are a combination of three things in my experience. The first is we are carrying the mental load at home, no matter mm. how much a partner is doing or not doing. When I got divorced, I my joke was the judge should ask what size is your shoes do your kids wear? And whoever knew the answer got custody. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that so much. Um, So we carry the mental load and we do the majority of the work around the house, in addition to being rock stars at work and ambitious at work. Mm. And um, what we've gone through in the past three years with the pandemic, where we've been on Zoom calls like this and trying to make sure that Bobby over there is paying attention to second grade. Totally. Plus, you know, making sure our husband or our partner's Zoom call is soundproofed. And I mean, the reason we've been overwhelmed is because we have been asked to do more than one human being can possibly do. Mm. There is nothing wrong with us. Um I feel that. I feel that. Oh my God. I I, I mean, what a nightmare it's been. Um, And if we survived intact, job well done. (laughs) Job well done, moms. Um, Secondly, it's super acceptable. Mommy wine culture is a true Mm -hmm. phenomenon. But I have to tell you, it makes my hackles go up because we all rage about, or maybe not rage, but talk about the patriarchy oh, keeping yeah. us down. I rage. I rage. Rage <laughs> about the patriarchy kind of keeping us down. But we're doing it to ourselves when we buy into mommy wine culture. Mm. We are draining our energy and our enthusiasm. When I see people come into my program within 30 days, I see that little pilot light behind their eyes go back on. You become more awake and more alive, which is great. And it means you feel stuff, but feeling stuff isn't going to kill you. Yeah. I think that that is such a beautiful um, awareness that you see in your, in your clients and people who come into your space because really feeling thinking of feeling can feel overwhelming. (laughs) And so, but being able to sort of deal with those feelings, it's can sting and be painful in the moment, 
but at least they're not living there anymore and taking up space rent-free basically in your head. And that's why we're having to like throw back all these drinks to feel like, I don't want to deal with this right now. I'll deal with it later, but then later never comes. And then we continue to like build this vicious cycle. So would you say that some of the things we've been talking about is the main reason you decided to write Juicy AF? And and tell us more, like, why was this so important for you? I started a recovery meeting online for my girlfriends at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm. And it it is seven nights a week. And it was supposed to be just for like 10 or fewer of us. Well, it's still going two years and eight months later. <laughs> Not that I'm counting. Right. And um seven days a week. Last night, we had almost 70 people there from all over the world. Wow. Beautiful. And in the last two and a half years, Caitlin, I've seen people come in green, ashen, crying, eyes dull, mm. wives falling apart. And today they are awake, alive, sparkly, and their families are better too. Oh my gosh, there is just nothing. Mm. I'm like grateful, awestruck, in wonderment. It's like witnessing a birth. Absolutely. And I love the feeling. So being a good addict, I want more. So <laughs> I wrote Juicy AF and started my program. Ah, uh, that is so beautiful. I really, you know feel that so much. And I close my eyes thinking because, you know, being a coach and being present with your clients and then watching them, um, make transformations. I, I, I also have extreme addiction run through my blood and family. <laughs> so I'm like, shit, if I'm going to be addicted to anything, let it be wanting to change lives because it is <laughs> truly the most fun and rewarding thing. So I, I love that for you. And it comes from such an honest place, you know, of wanting to see that sparkle that, you know, you've experienced for others. So I love that so much. And, and you do that so, so, so well, mm. we talked a little bit about, you know, mommy wine culture already. And also where I really see, um, a huge, I would say presence of alcohol is, is like, we've also talked about in the corporate world world, it's the client entertaining, it's the trips, uh, you know, going out and then they have the happy hours ever after every time, or just unloading at the end of the day with your coworkers. And it's such a natural thing to like, let's go to the bar. And so, and, and even with if it's not moms or whatever, it's like with your girlfriends, like, Hey, let's all meet up and have cocktails. Let's get babysitters for the kids, whatever. So I think, you know, especially with the women, at least from my personal experience and women that I've talked to, there's extreme FOMO. Like, well, if we didn't go to the bar, what are we going to do? And if we, if I'm the only one drinking, are my friends going to think I'm like this, like prude or weird or like outcast. And that's a real thing. Like that's a real, real feeling. Tell us a little bit about your experience. And then also like maybe some, you know, stories or instances of, you know, women that you've worked with and how they've worked through this. So I decided to stop dyeing my hair a couple of years ago. And if you're only listening to this, my hair is pure white. 
It's literally um, so fierce. It's so fierce. <laughs> Thank you. It is shaved on the side and I kind of have a faux hawk. So it's so cool. at least the cut is good, but it is really white. And the birthday after I let my hair go white, my husband threw a party for me and I decided I was now a little old lady with blue hair. <laughs> and so it was a blue hair party. Yes. I love and it. everybody came wearing blue wigs, including my 90 year old mother sprayed her hair, her hair blue. One of my friend's boyfriends came as Marge Simpson with this huge blue wig. Oh and my God. The great. guy that owned the venue had said to me, you know, the three elements of a good party, good, you know, good people, good food, good wine. And I'm like, oh, none of us drinks. So we'll have the first two and we'll still have a great time. Well, we shut the neighborhood down dancing and just having a, we carried on. And the next day, the guy, the owner said to me, well, you all sure don't need any booze to so True that's story. my experience. It. What I will say is my biggest fear and the fear of all the women that I work with, once they go alcohol free or decide to experiment with it for a period of time is, oh my God, what am I going to say when people ask me why I'm not drinking? Mm. And Caitlin, I have to help tell you that in 23 years, I think I've been asked that maybe five times, maybe mm. five times. Most people are so wrapped up in their own thing. They don't really care what you're doing. Newsflash. Love it. They don't really it's care so what true. you're doing. It's so true. And what I found is that the people are like, who are like, well, why not? Were my drinking buddies. They were my drinking buddies. And if I were alcohol free, what did it mean about them? Mm. So again, it was less about me and more about them. I help women with seven sticky social situations. Like, what can I get you to drink? It's like the hardest question on the SATs if you're not right for it. Right. And so I teach people strategies like go get your own drink first, you know, get mm. sparkling, get a mocktail, get sparkling water with a splash of cranberry and a squeeze of lime and a pretty glass. And have something in your hand so that people don't ask you that, mm. right? Or say, yes. um, you know, let, oh, let me get the drinks this time and you go get the drinks. Like there are ways to do this. And if somebody has the guts to ask me why I'm not drinking alcohol, I simply say, well, when I drink my clothes fall off. <laughs> <laughs> Then they're probably and like, yeah, we want you to drink. Us in our yeah, <laughs> come on, baby. Um, but, you know, you can handle it with grace and a sense of humor. And not drinking doesn't mean you can't go to the bar with your friends. Mm. It just doesn't. You. Yes. What I found is it got really flipping boring. As people got two drinks in, they started repeating and slurring and the the noise got a lot louder. Yeah. Um, so I would leave early, but it wasn't, it was because it wasn't fun for me, not because I couldn't go. Right. That's a great point. And, you know, speaking of exactly what you're talking about, I was just at um, a seminar this past weekend and 
I did the same thing. I went and got club soda with lime and no one said anything. Everyone just assumed I was drinking vodka soda and I woke up and I felt phenomenal and like ready to conquer my day. And everyone else kind of was like, Oh, I'm dragging ass a little bit. This sucks, you know? And I'm just like, do do <laughs> pay no attention to my energy. <laughs> I feel great. I'm going to go work out. Bye. Um, but no, truly it is such a different experience and you're right. Nobody, nobody cares. And I do know that there are people, um, I will refrain from, you know, getting too obvious here, but I have people close to me who, um, definitely like, Oh, why are you not drinking? Or why aren't you doing that? Because is it because you're like on some new health kick or, you know, they like say almost kind of like a snide remark and Mm -hmm. I'm used to it. I don't care. But what, because what I do know as a coach, I know that that totally says so much more about their insecurities because someone who is living their best life is totally not going to worry about why you are drinking or not drinking. Right. Um, and I think that that is so fabulous that you said, because we do get wrapped up in like, are we going to get judged? Um, Caitlin, the other thing I want to say here is there is short-term discomfort in going alcohol free. I'm not mm-hmm. going to deny that it's, it's uncomfortable. You have to learn how to deal with these situations But here's what I was the most shocked by. After I got sober, I increased my income by a multiple of six, a multiple of six. And I had been a senior vice president of a global ad agency to start with. Mm. And I started two super successful companies. I wrote a book. I adopted a child. I traveled around the world. I met and married a man that I'm still nuts about 22 years later. And what shocked me was how much energy I must have been leaking Mm. from being buzzed and being, you know, if not full-blown hungover, certainly not at my peak. And when I cut that anchor to that drinking, to the alcohol drain, all of that energy just lifted every single area of my life into a dimension that I could not even have comprehended before. And so the question really is, are you willing to risk some short-term discomfort for long-term these experiences that will rock your world? Because I guarantee Uh, that it'll happen. Yeah. I so happy you said that because I have this thing that I do in my coaching where we talk about choosing your hard, right? And really every single thing in life is hard. It is like major things that we do on a daily basis are hard, but like you're talking about, like, it's hard to be sure to enter into this sober life, but it's also hard losing your potential and being hung over every day. They're both hard. It's just, where are you deciding to put your energy and try it out? Right. And so I definitely love that you said that and gave examples of how this has shown up in your life in big, profound ways, because I absolutely believe that in order for us to be living a juicy AF or what I call the beam life, 
it definitely requires for you to be operating, not just alcohol free, but there's that whole other level of, you know, making sure you're sleeping well, surrounding yourself with the right people. It's a whole thing. It's like an ecosystem, right? Like, but your ecosystem can't be right unless you've got some of these certain pieces to allow you to really like step into that power that we have. I would invite your listeners to experiment with what drinking does to your sleep. Mm. Like get a sleep tracker of some kind, you know, I use an aura ring, but there are a myriad of choices these days and, and check it out for yourself. You know, what happens with your sleep when you do drink and what happens with your sleep when you don't drink, and then you can make your own decision about how you want to live. Exactly. Exactly. It's so good. Um, so we've already talked about a little bit, you know, about being an alcoholic, you know, why we don't like that word. I've never liked the word either, but who might consider going alcohol free and like, why would they want to consider this? What I think is that if you're an ambitious woman who has a clear picture of your ideal future self, and you're not there yet, to consider the possibility that drinking is draining your energy and rewiring your brain and disrupting your sleep to a point that it's actually holding you back from your bigger dreams and your bigger ambitions. Mm. And I would invite you to experiment for 21 days. Simply experiment and see because if it's not better AF, meaning both, yes. <laughs> if it's yes. not better AF, why bother? And so yes. experiment, come and have your own experience and make your own decisions. Don't do anything because you should, or I said, my life is better. You don't have to Try believe it. me. We can ex- learn from our own experience. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And you know, for those of you listening, please let us know if you decide to take this experiment and what happens, like that is the beauty of this community, you know, being able to share what comes up for you. And, and even if you hit some sticky situations, you know, in just a sec, Kay is going to tell us where you can connect with her. Cause she is just a wealth of knowledge. But before we dive into that, is there any last minute things, um, that you would suggest to women as maybe like one or two steps that they could take at the beginning of this journey. Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I would ask you to do is to take a piece of paper and draw a line down the middle of it. On the left-hand side, make a list of all of the things that you get from drinking because we wouldn't keep doing it if we didn't get something from it. And on the right-hand side, make a list of all of what it costs you. And then once you've made the list, circle the three most important things. Beautiful. As Caitlin was just saying, there are going to be problems no matter what you choose. And the question then becomes, which set of problems would you rather have? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yes. Also, again, listeners, let us know what comes up for you. What are the three most important things? Um, you know, part of what creates a beautiful community is when you realize you're not the only one experiencing what you're experiencing. And so that's why, 
you know, Kay has her community. I have the beam life community, and these are all women in the same place as you, right? There's not like a hierarchy of like, oh, these women have made it and you're down here. We've all got our own set of things that we're dealing with in different ways and capacities. I just recently heard, you know, new levels, new devils. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) that's so good. good. So good because we all truly have them depending on where we're at. So uh, this has been such a wonderful conversation. I feel so you just have, like I said, at the beginning, this energy that is like what I needed today. So I am grateful Um, that we connected and you got to share all about your book. Um, where can people connect with you, find more information about the book and, and all the details. So the best place to find me is at juicyaf.life life, juicyaf.life. And if you're interested in doing my 21 day alcohol free experience. It's a, a juicy life forward slash 21, the numerals to one. Amazing. And I will definitely put all of that in the show notes as well. So they can just click and go. Okay. Thank you so much for your time today. This has been so electrifying. <laughs> I, I have totally loved our chat. Thanks so much, Caitlin. Thank you for listening to The Beam Life. I'd be so honored if you would take a sec to leave a review. Ready to take the next step and join the sisterhood? The Beam Life community is a place where you can just take off the mask, feel seen, and form authentic connections with other like-minded, kick-ass women. We do not do surface-level shit in that group, babe. Click on the link in the show notes or head to the Beam Life Create Your Dream Life community on Facebook. I can't wait to see you there.